This is episode 135 of the Landscape Photography Show. And before we get into this podcast episode, I just want to say a quick thank you to our sponsor. It's Nature Photographers Network. You know, one of the best things about Nature Photographers Network is that you get direct access to professional photographers. And when I say direct access, I mean direct access to people like Eric Bennett, Alex Noriega, William Neal, TJ Thorne, so many photographers who have been on this podcast before that are there to add value to your photography. And if you have booked like critique sessions, let's say a one-on-one critique session with one of these photographers or maybe all of them, you're going to get into the thousands of dollars for these one-on-one critique sessions. On NPN, you pay $49 for the entire year and you can submit your photos for instant critiques from pros like them plus many, many more. Talk about value, $49 versus thousands plus Because you're a Landscape Photographer Show listener, you're getting an extra 10% off when you use the code LPS10 during checkout. So go to naturephotographers.network and use the code LPS10 when you sign up for a year membership of $49 minus that 10% when you sign up for an entire year to get access to incredible learning to improve your photography. Let's get to today's episode. Today's episode is taken from a live interview that I did with Adam Gibbs, Sir Adam Gibbs, if he was to be knighted, which he's not, but I think it sounds a lot cooler. Adam joined us to talk about not only his experience with YouTube as a photographer and what he's done and how he looks at YouTube in his business and what other photographers can look at and how to use YouTube for their business, but he also got into a lot of his ways that he uses light. These are these simple ways that you can use light to improve your photography, not only light, but separation of subjects and compositions and how that can impact your photography as well. So the first half is going to be that YouTube section. Second half in part two, which is next week, is going to be that managing light section. So part one this week is all about photographers and YouTube and how Adam has used that to grow his business. Hey everybody, welcome into this live interview. We're here with Adam Gibbs. And before we get into our full interview, Adam, I just wanna give you the opportunity to kind of introduce yourself, tell us who you are. I know you've been on the podcast before and we've talked in several times in person as well. Uh, but why don't you give us an introduction of yourself and what you've been up to since, let's see, two years ago, you came on the podcast. Was it really? Wow. Yeah. Uh, so what have I been up to? I've been, uh, well, my name's Adam Gibbs. For those of you that don't know me, uh, I'm a photographer that lives on the west coast of British Columbia on Vancouver Island. And uh, I've been taking photographs professionally for almost 30 years, uh, primarily in the gardening, gardening industry, garden photography for magazines and such, editorial. And then uh, about five, five years ago, six years ago, uh, the bottom fell out of the magazine industry. Uh, so I was left without a job. So I decided to uh, start up uh, a YouTube channel. And uh, I knew absolutely nothing about video or YouTube other than 
the usuals, uh, Thomas Heaton and a, a couple of others, uh, Ben Horn. And uh, it's been great. Uh, originally, it was just to, to try and get clients to sign up for workshops that I was offering. But uh, since that time, it's, it's taken off into much, much more than I had expected. So I guess you can call me a full-time YouTuber. Uh, so I sell products uh, to make a living and get sponsorships. Uh, and I eke out a living on the West Coast here. And it's been great. And the last couple of years, what have I been doing? Just pretty much hanging out on Vancouver Island because travel has been, well, actually that's not totally true. I have been, I have been to a few places uh, that we can talk about later if you want, but uh, mostly I've been just hanging out on Vancouver Island because I, I just find there's lots to photograph here. So why travel? <laughs> well, let's just jump into that. Why don't you let us know where, where you have been? I know we, we went to the same conference in March uh, down in Utah. Where else have you been? Uh, well, I, well, this past winter, I went down to Antarctica. Um, I went down with, uh, another YouTuber, Nigel Danson and, uh, uh James Popsis and, uh, Mads, Peter Iverson. Uh, unfortunately, Mads, uh, he ended up having to spend two weeks in a hotel cause he caught COVID. It was, uh, it was an, it was an amazing trip, but it was extremely difficult to get down there because of all the testing and uh the uh the regulations that they had for traveling it, it was quite funny it was almost like running a gauntlet and and the prize at the end of getting there uh getting through this gauntlet would be to actually get on the boat and go on this trip <laughs> like even on even on the boat a couple of people got covid so they ended up having to spend a whole trip locked in their cabin you know i mean it was <laughs> it was quite it was quite amusing but it, it was an amazing trip. It was absolutely fantastic. Um, and actually, we're hoping to go again in 2024. I think Nigel's organizing another trip down there. So stay tuned for that if you're if you're interested. What was that like for you? I mean, you're so used to photographing in Western Canada and you take what you do there was it easy for you to implement that into Antarctica or was there a learning curve there? Uh, no, it was pretty easy. I mean, my, my photography is, my approach is, is pretty basic. Um, I still kind of go with the traditional sense of photography as in like the, the digital cameras and all the paraphernalia that goes with them these days, I, I use them the same as I did when I was using film cameras, except for obviously the software that we have now. But when it came to subject matter, I approached uh, the landscape there exactly as I would here at home. And actually, I, I had been down there before. Uh, back in 2008, my partner Karen and I went down to uh, South Georgia Island and the Falkland Islands and then the Antarctic Peninsula. So I had a good idea of, of what I was going to be finding down there. So even though I was really excited to go again, uh, I wasn't so excited that I, I couldn't take images. You, you know, when you sometimes when you go to a new area, you get so excited, you get so overwhelmed that you just take photographs of everything and you end up getting nothing. Uh, well, it wasn't quite that bad this time. So I had a bit of a, a good idea of what I really wanted to, to photograph. Well, you mentioned going straight into it, starting YouTube and really not knowing what you were doing. Um, I like to play a little compare and contrast on the podcast a lot. So why don't you 
kind of compare and contrast your approach to YouTube from when you started back then and kind of how you're approaching it photography wise now and, and what you've learned from that? <clears throat> well, originally, I mean, I think most of us started off by watching uh, Tom's channel, Thomas Heaton and Ben Horn. And the, the, the first thing that uh, I found out really quickly is that you can't, you can't really fake it. You have to be just yourself and you have to film what's comfortable with, with what you're doing. Uh, like I can't, I couldn't do what Tom is doing because I have seen Tom work and he, he works like a madman. He's running around getting all kinds of camera angles and he's just go, go, go constantly. Uh, I just don't work that way. So, and if you've watched my videos, you know, I, I don't work that way. Uh, so I, I decided that what my strengths are, I think anyway, is, is talking about composition because that's something that I'm really interested in. And also uh, the nuances of, of light. Uh, so I just kind of stick with those. And also some of the areas that I go to, I think some people might find really interesting, uh, even though they perhaps may never go to those areas. But hopefully throughout each video, they can pick up a tip or two and uh, and use it for their own their own photography. You know, I, it would have been very easy to go the top tips uh, route that a lot of photographers go. Uh, but I decided to stay away from that and just and just do my own thing and just plod along, uh, take people with me on a on a basically just a photography trip that I would take with some friends or or whoever, you know. I feel like a lot of people get so stressed about YouTube. Um, there's a lot of analytics that go on with that when you start making these videos, whether it be you know, watch time, uh, audience retention, things like that, that, that you can really get involved in. Do you take the approach to YouTube as being more of like a stress-free outlet where you can educate and even get your name out as somebody who does photography full-time? Uh, I think, well, when I first started, I, I was looking at the analytic analytics a lot and uh, the viewers and trying to figure out you know, what videos did really well and, and what videos don't do that great. And it's virtually impossible to figure it out. I, I still haven't figured it out. Sometimes you'll, you'll put together a video that you think is just fantastic and it bombs. And then other times you, you just hash something together really quickly and it does really well. Uh, so I try not to worry about it. And, and actually recently I haven't been putting out as many videos uh, because I just wanted to take a bit of a break and uh, perhaps put out one really good uh, video out every two weeks rather than one every week. And uh, I think, I think uh, if you're going to, if you're going to get into YouTube uh, to try and draw customers into your business, uh, I mean, it's easier said than done, but I, I wouldn't worry about the numbers uh, because you will always have that core group of people that like to follow you. And I notice on my uh, the comments every week, it's the same people that comment. And some people watch my channel religiously. Um, and the, the subscribers go up very slowly. But those are the people that are going to keep coming back to watch your future videos. Uh, what I've noticed with some other channels is they'll have a lot of subscribers. Uh, but I think what happened is they'll put out one video that goes perhaps viral. Everybody watches it. They subscribe but then they don't watch any, any more of their videos. So I'd like to have a, a core group of, of followers 
and I do, and I do have a core group that uh, follows follow me religiously, and uh, they put, you know, they're always writing some really nice comments, and uh, so that's, I think that's what really keeps me going is, uh, it's just all the nice things people have to say, and uh, and how much they've learned, and and how much it's changed their photography. So that's a, a good uh, motivation to keep going for sure. I would definitely echo that from the YouTube side is, and I took you know, six months to a year off of doing anything on YouTube and know that consistency does really matter when you are committing to that and picking a schedule. I feel like that works for you as somebody who wants to start a YouTube channel is really essential when you're jumping off from the beginning, whether that be one video every week, one every two weeks, like you've committed to now and changed up one a month. I mean, it, it doesn't really matter. I think the bulk of what you're putting out, it's more about the consistency and getting your audience used to how many videos that you're putting out at a time. Would, would you agree with that? Yeah, yeah. And I think also, um, I think you have to realize that not everybody wants to be a YouTuber, that there has to be a reason to get into it. Um, I'm, I'm always quite amazed how people get into YouTube when they're just starting out photography and I'm thinking to myself, well, wouldn't you be better off just to perhaps practice your craft and forget about YouTube? Because it's it's really diff it's it's difficult to have two mindsets when you're doing a video. Because on one half you have to be a photographer, and on the other half you have to think about video all the time. And those two things are quite different, and uh, it gets very confusing, and you lose a lot of images because you're always faffing around with your, your video camera. Uh, so my approach is. Uh, the, the photography comes first because I'm I'm a photographer. That's what I, I'm really interested in. I'm not so much interested in, in the video part of it. And if I do come out with a video with, say, lots of, I don't know, drone footage or um, some a nice little bit of B-roll or something, it's usually video that I've taken after the fact, after I've taken the, all the images that I want. Um, so I'm kind of fooling people a little bit because sometimes... I'll, I'll I'll take my images and then I'll talk about it, but I'll talk about it as if I'm just about to take the photograph, but I've actually already taken it. <laughs> I don't think that's cheating. <laughs> well, it isn't. Well, no, it isn't. I mean, like my friend Brian, uh, it, I, I he's he's come out with me a few times, Brian Barnum, and he'll take tons and tons of video, but then he'll neglect his photography. And his photography suffers because he's taking, he's concentrating so much on video. And I said, well, why don't you, instead of doing the photography, just put a, a really nice video together, you know, forget about the photography part of it. Just talk about the area and maybe do the video. Cause it, to my eye, now he would disagree with me, but to my eye, I think he enjoys the video more than he does the photography, but he'd probably disagree with me on that one. <laughs> Hey guys, I just want to pause real quick to tell you about Nature Photographers Network, the sponsor for this podcast. Nature Photographers Network is a network, a community of like-minded photographers who work together to help each other improve their photography. Not only people, contributors from pros like myself, uh, and a lot of photographers who have been on this podcast are there to help you take better photos. I think the best part is the value of this site. At $49 for an entire year, you get access to critique sessions, ask me anything, live webinars, plus many, many hidden articles only available to subscribers. So 
you can actually use the code since you're listening to the show of LPS10 for 10% off of that $49 and you can get access to all of those things right away. So thank you, naturephotographers.network. Use the code LPS10 during checkout for 10% off. But now let's get back to our episode with Adam Gibbs. Well, let me ask you this. How are photographers misusing YouTube? I don't think they're misusing it, but I, I, I can't see the sense in, I mean, I guess you have to figure out what your motivation is for starting up a YouTube channel. It, perhaps it's just to document uh, things that you've done outside and show them to friends and family. Uh, if it's for business related things, then that's viable as well. Um, I, I'm not really sure what the motivation is behind for a lot of people, especially when you're just starting out in photography. I, I'm guessing that the motivation is is to somehow make money out of it. But if you don't have something to offer to people, your viewers, if you're just if you're just hashing out the same stuff that everybody else hashes out, then then why would they want to watch your YouTube? Like you have to have something that people want to watch, whether it be like my friend Gavin. Uh, he he really likes to do a lot of uh, skits and comedy stuff that I've been involved in, and I, I really enjoyed doing that because it was something quite different than what I was doing. Uh, and then there's um, there's other people that just like like Tom. He takes you on a bit of a journey. He has a, a, a nice story that goes with his videos. Uh, so you have to find a bit of an angle on what it is that your audience wants to see from you. You know. Um, so, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't really know what the motivation is. I mean, what's your motivation? Uh, well, let me start off with this. I think the wrong motivation is to, to make money. Um, because if you're solely relying on like YouTube ad sales, if you're trying to become a photographer full time, you're, you're not really going to make all that much money, uh, unless you, amass like 300,000 followers or something like that. So it's nice to get some money from YouTube ad revenue and AdSense, but for the most part, like my motivation in creating a YouTube channel is to offer value to people and give them as much information in one video, like eight minutes long of how they can improve their photography. And, you know, my target audience is probably somebody that's, that's a beginner to intermediate photographer and just wants to know, Hey, how do I improve this kind of photography? So I think it's beyond, you know, who your target target audience is. It's what you're offering them. And it doesn't have to be something of, you know, like a, a, a ebook or something like that. It can be entertainment. Like you were talking about with Tom and what he does or, uh, a good laugh, like with Gavin and what he does, or you with composition and t teaching people and taking them along for the journey. So you can offer them value on how to improve while also offering entertainment and just feeling like you're a part of, you know, the journey along with you. So I think the motivation should really be number one value. And, and in my opinion, value and how much you're offering somebody per video. Does that make sense? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I definitely don't get into YouTube if you think you're going to make hordes of 
cash. <laughs> I mean, as a business model, I, I mean, YouTube is terrible. It's, it's but it's what comes from YouTube. The 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 things that happen behind the scenes. Um, I mean, I wouldn't be able to buy this beautiful house if I wasn't for YouTube. You know. This is true. And, oh, and if you're not it's watching it's live, if you're just hearing the audio of this, there's a beautiful grand piano over Adam's right shoulder. It's yeah, right. simply stunning. No, I mean, I mean, uh, for me, uh, I mean, obviously, I, I make a living out of photography, and I have done for a long time. And you have to think of creative ways to do that. Uh, and I try to do it as unobtrusive as possible. But of course, when you're putting out videos and you have Squarespace ads or uh, you're trying to flog something, then people get seem to get offended by that. I'm not really sure why, uh, but you're offering them something uh, for free, basically. And um, if they'd like to support your channel, that's great. If they if they don't, that's great too. I mean, it, it doesn't you know you don't have to buy something from me just because I'm showing you something on YouTube. Um, but I think that's where you when you have a a, a, lo a loyal following that's where um things start to pick up for you is that you know people believe in your photography and what you're doing and they like to support your channel by uh either buying a print or a book or, or whatever you know and uh, that's how i i make my living is from those things it's a variety of things that are coming in all the time and some things end and so you have all these different outlets to, to make a little bit of money here and there, you know? Um, but I yeah, I, mean, I really enjoy, I, I enjoy YouTube. It's just sometimes I, I get a bit burnt out. And uh, so I, I like to take a little bit of a break, but you know. I think what, what Trey has commented on YouTube is YouTube establishes your brand. And I feel like brand quote unquote gets this bad taste in your mouth a lot with photographers and, and business. Uh, but it's true. It, it lets you get your personality out there. It lets you build uh, a community of people who are interested in what you do. And I think the fact is that, you know, you're not going to appeal to every single person. I know my photography doesn't appeal to every single person. Um, and your photography <clears throat> might not appeal to every single person, but what? it does. It does. Yeah. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> but it does help people understand like who you are and, and how you work and, and kind of the behind the scenes of, of what you do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I know it's been great. Uh, it's, it's been a lot more than I thought would come from it, you know, and lucky for me because, um, I was in pretty dire straits there for a while when I, when the bottom fell out of the, the magazine market there, uh, I was pretty much making my living off selling the rights to images. And um, I haven't sold the rights to images for, well, I'll sell maybe one or two to calendars a year, but that's about it. You know, there's, I mean, the bottom pretty much fell out. So you have to find other ways to to make a living, you know. YouTube, YouTube's been great. It's, it's like a conduit to other things, you know. Yeah. Is, is video... And, and we are getting into like other social media platforms here is, is video kind of taking over photography at this point in, in terms of how you market yourself as somebody who does it full time and relies on the income. Hmm. It would seem that way. Um, 
just with all these social media like Instagram going to video and YouTube, uh, well, YouTube is video. Um, I, don't, I'm, I haven't been on Facebook for a while, so I'm not I'm not sure what's going on on there. But um, it, it would seem that way. But I'm I'm not sure. There seems to still be a lot of people that are really into photography and they really enjoy photography. So um, I'm not sure. I guess time will tell. I mean, I'm, that's why I moved over to, to uh, Vero, uh, the other social media platform that I was I was in. What was it like four years ago? And then it kind of didn't. It wasn't that great because it was it was a really slow platform to load stuff. And so I went back to Instagram. Um, but now I've gone back to Vero, and it seems really good. There's some. Uh, it's a great if you just like photography. Right now, it's a great place to just go and view photography. Same with Flickr. I mean, I, I quite enjoy Flickr. There's some, uh, it's a great place to view. If you just enjoy photography and you don't want to be inundated with all these silly videos, um, then just go to Flickr or or Vero, you know. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if video is going to take out. What do you think? I think it will. Yeah. Um, and I think Vero is a cool platform. Uh, it's just how do, how do you want to use your photography? Uh, is the main question you need to ask yourself if you're trying to decide which platform to spend the most time on, right? Is Are you looking to share your information or, and, and educate people and help that way? Then I think, you know, maybe you should look to video and getting involved in kind of the resurgence. I don't want to say resurgence, but kind of just this uh, takeoff of video on these social media platforms that used to be photo heavy um but if you just want to inspire people with your photos and you just want to share them on there i definitely think platforms like vero are are a great way to do that and yeah it's way more beautiful than instagram is um mm -hmm. but like you said time will tell uh with these platforms and and where they go see i mean i even though i do photography for a living i really i really do enjoy photography um and i enjoy showing my images to people I mean, what's the point in taking them if you're not going to show them? And probably the best way to view any image is by print. But of course, you you know, not everybody can see it in print. So uh, we're we're really lucky to have social media uh, because when I first started, there was no social media. So the only way you could show photographs was by having a gallery showing. Um, but you know, showing stuff on on any of these platforms doesn't compare to to showing someone an actual print. And uh, but having said that, I, I just enjoy showing my pictures. Um, like I said, because if, if you've taken the time to take all these images, what's the point in taking them if you can't show them to people? And um, uh, you know, you can only show so many to your to your mum and dad and your and your partner, and then they just kind of start yawning. You know, it's, it's like yeah, yeah, another another sunrise on the mountain, flowers in the foreground. Yeah, okay, I get it. <laughs> my mom is my biggest fan man way way more than my partner is yeah my mom's my biggest fan too but she's only got one print of mine <laughs> so enough to keep uh, me in food man, you, you got to put your money where your mouth is i mean if she's your biggest fan she needs to be shelling out the dough for those images <laughs>
Hey guys, that was a very special episode. I, I love talking about YouTube and how photographers can use it and also how photographers can grow their business using social media platforms. And we got into a couple of things for that. Next week in part two of this discussion, Adam and I talk about how you can use these simple strategies to improve your photography using light. So be sure to subscribe to the podcast, leave a great review on iTunes if you enjoyed your time here. Remember, naturephotographers.network and use the code LPS10 during checkout for 10% off. And lastly, I'll see you next week when we conclude our discussion with Adam Gibbs.